Welcome to Reclaim Your Health, the show for women who are committed to improving their health on the physical, emotional, and spiritual levels. Here are your hosts, Dr. Rachel Haviland and Genevieve Khan. Welcome to Reclaim Your Health. I'm Dr. Rachel Haviland. And I'm Genevieve Khan. And today we're going to have Shoshana Chaim as our guest. Now, Shoshana is the co-host of the popular Plant Trainers podcast, founder of planttrainers.com, and Canadian wellness expert. She is an executive with ASEA, a biotech company specializing in the cellular healing technology of redox signaling molecules. Through her understanding of the science of a plant-based lifestyle, she helps many and aided her husband in shrinking his tumor and reversing his heart disease. She works one-on-one with busy individuals to alleviate the stress in life caused by diet, lifestyle, cellular breakdown, and chronic illness. Shoshana is an author, international speaker, and a creator of the Vegan Podcast Academy. Welcome, Shoshana. We're so happy to have you with us today. Thank you so much. I'm grateful to be here with both of you and your listeners. <laughs> We're honored to have you. Absolutely. Um, your bio and, and, your, and your entire story is, is just fascinating to me. So I spent 19 years in cancer research. So when I read that, uh, that your husband had been diagnosed, oh, yes, my, immediately my, my ears peaked up. And then I read in your about page that you were actually pregnant with your second child when he was diagnosed. Is that right? Yes. So the, there was actually... They had told me that it was probable that it was cancer because they had found a tumor on his kidney that looked quite weird that they weren't used to seeing in that area of the body. And they had told us that if they didn't take it out immediately, that we should basically prepare for him not being at the birth and for sure not available to raise our children and grow old with me. So they put that, that cancer thought in our head quite quickly. Uh, He insisted on a biopsy before cutting his body open. They said that they can do it laparoscopically, but he said, well, what if it's bigger than what you think it is? And in doing more research, we actually found out that yes, it was embedded in the kidney. So he would have lost his kidney and it was indeed not cancer. So it was a benign tumor because it was a hemangioblastoma, which was quite rare to find on the kidney. They thought that it was associated with another disease called VHL, the Van Hippelindau syndrome, where you essentially get little tumors deposited down your central nervous system and nobody had lived past 40. So the good news was that there was no cancer. The bad news was that he might not live past 40. So what happened next is we needed to wait for an MRI. Now, some people look at Canada and say, we're so lucky up here to have free health care. Well, you need to know that we pay taxes through our nose. And then if you are not um, seen as somebody who might drop dead tomorrow, all of these tests take a very long time. So while we were waiting for an MRI to see if he did, in fact, have tumors in his central nervous system, if he did, in fact, if he was a carrier or did have VHL, because then our children would have had to get tested, in the waiting time, a neurologist friend said, go get your eyes examined and take a look through the retina, the doctor will be able to see if you actually have tumors that have started to develop in your brain. And because he was already 35, 36 at this time, they would have started to to be developed at that time. And she said, the good news, again, this time is that you don't have any tumors. The bad news is that you have developed stages of heart disease. And we had just lost a friend a couple of years before, before who was also a hockey player like my husband who went to go play hockey one day had a heart attack and didn't come home. 
left his wife and two children behind. So everything was just so real to us. And although they didn't say this time that, that he would die, um, because of that experience that we had, we became very, we were still very frightened. And having been personal trainers, having been athletic our whole lives in the educational system, teaching phys ed, we were really wondering why is all of this happening when it really doesn't run in the family, especially before the age of 60 or 70. Right, right. Because before that, you thought he was pretty healthy, right? He was an athlete. I assume, you know, he was eating a reasonably healthy diet. And then, you know, when this happened, yeah, it's, it's a wake-up call. And it's, it's clearly understandable why both of you would be like, okay, we need to do something about this now. And thankfully, it wasn't cancer and it was benign. And, you know, that gives you a little more time um, and flexibility. So was it your husband that, that came across the plant-based diet and decided that was the, the direction that he wanted to go? Yeah. So he was not doing very well with the idea of not being there to raise our kids. I was trying to hold it together for myself, trying to hold it together with my kid for my kids. Um, I was pregnant with, then we had, you know, then we had a child and it was our second. So, uh, you know, I was all too familiar with postpartum depression going through it again. So I didn't, and working full time. So I didn't have the time or the headspace to do this research. He really did it on his own. And he said, why are these things happening to me and what can I do about it? And he kept coming across, I'm going to use air quotes to say research because I've learned a lot about reading research and what's true research um, to today, but I have definitely seen what, what he was bringing home and he started bringing home things that really made sense. And it wasn't just that it made sense on paper or that it made sense in forks over knives or whatever documentary was was coming out or, or the China study, it's that we had seen real people who had reversed not just symptoms, but actual diseases and diseases had disappeared. Um, and I think that there's a big difference between reversing symptoms and reversing diseases and actually allowing the body to function the way that it's supposed to function. And he basically he basically knew what was out there, had been showing it to me, but still wasn't convinced. And then he came across Brendan Brazier, who created Vega Powder. Are you familiar with that? Um, so Vega yes, it's a plant-based protein powder. You could buy it at Costco. Um, it's not bad. It's not anything to write home about either. It, it just is. It's just part of our story. But basically, Brendan Brazier was performing better um, at older than he had been younger. And he was a triathlete and Adam had switched from playing hockey to long distance running as a form of meditation. And he had started biking and he was looking into swimming. So it really spoke to him. And he came home one day and he said, I'm plant-based. And I said, what's that? And he said, I'm vegan. And I said, that's some kind of vegetarian, right? Like I didn't know what this was nine years ago. And he basically, I, I said, well, look, you know, eat fish once a week because I don't know what else to make you. And we're Jewish. So you should probably eat chicken on Friday. That's what good Jews do. And, you know, and, and we'll figure it out for the rest of the week. And Friday came and he couldn't put it to his lips. He was done. He was black and wow. white. Overnight. And, and, and pun intended. So he just went cold turkey. Oh, oh, went cold Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you've heard that several times. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So of course you were thinking, okay, now what now, how, how on earth do I feed our family with this? What, what can he eat? What can he not, what can he not eat? And I understand some of that for, you know, recently I've been, um, you know, focusing on, on what I eat a little more 
and I was eating quote unquote, uh, you know, healthy foods and it wasn't working for me. So I checked out the eat right for your blood type version of, of the diet and saw that the, the, uh, there was a, a list of things that I was eating on a regular basis that according to my blood type, I should not be. So I thought, okay, let's try it out. Let's see what happens. Um, and, uh, and it's made a significant, significant difference in my life, but it's, it's very interesting. Yes. To consider, okay, can I eat that? Can I not eat that? What can I eat? What do I feed him now? I'm sure that must've been a tricky situation for you. It was, I mean, we had gone gluten-free probably six to eight months before that because my son was allergic to gluten and Adam always thought that he might have a gluten intolerance and had wanted to try gluten-free for a really long time. So when our son needed to go gluten-free, he went along with him. So I just relearned how to plan and cook and all those things. And I spent the first 10 years of our relationship pretending I couldn't cook so that he would do all the cooking. So I really had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> Two babies at home. Um, but I was very lucky that he took responsibility. He didn't just put it on me. Um, it was almost like there was a divided line on the fridge. And it's like, these are the foods that I eat. These are the foods I won't eat. And the other good thing is that we were already a very vegetable heavy family. Um, you know, we would, we would do small steaks and lots of veggies and potatoes. So it was a matter of, okay, what do we do to replace the animal products at the table? It, we didn't have to replace every single meal. That's really interesting. What I have read is that if somebody is either straight vegetarian or vegan, it's really difficult to get vitamin B12 in your diet. How do you do that on a plant-based diet? That's a really great question. And I think what we need to recognize is that this is not unique just to vegans or just to plant-based people. Vitamin B12 grows inside the earth. So it's part of it's it's part of the earth. And we used to get it a long time ago because we would pull the carrots out of the ground, smash two carrots together, chop them up, stick them in the stew, and we'd have a, just a little bit of that dirt. Um, you know, left into the stews. And we were actually getting the B12 through the earth that was still stuck to the vegetables, or sometimes it would, there would just be, you know, enough. But what has happened in society is that we have eliminated all of the good bacteria in the soil. And when we're growing our vegetables, that bacteria is not necessarily being grown. And because we like things so clean and sterile, we're for sure not getting it. The way that non-vegans are getting their B12 is because they're eating the animals and the animals are grazing. And when the animals are grazing, they're picking up that bacteria in the soil. But what's happening, because I said that the, that the soil is depleted, is that the animals actually are not giving as getting as much B12 as we think they should or that they always have been, especially the ones that are being grain fed and they aren't grazing. So we actually find that there's a bigger B12 deficiency in the general public than there is amongst vegans because they're not aware of it and they're not supplementing it. So that very long answer to say we need to supplement, um, but non-vegans probably need to as well. And you can get tested for that in your blood test. You just need to ask for it. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm very much a proponent of supplementation. And I supplement daily, and um, yeah, and not only because sometimes there isn't enough B12 because we don't have the dirt, but in general because of over farming from 
our plants, we are not necessarily getting the same amount of nutrition as we could get, say, 50 years ago. Absolutely. I agree. And when I first started in the health coaching business, that's not something that I understood. I thought that we can get everything we needed through our nutrition on a daily basis, through our fitness, through our meditation, and that that should basically make us all whole, make us all healthy. And then I really started to realize um, about the depletion of nutrients in our food because of the depletion of nutrients in the soil because of how foods are being picked too early and shipped halfway across the world. And we're just not always getting what we should be. And sometimes we trick ourselves into thinking that we're eating really well, but we don't realize how busy we've been during the day and how we've actually not had a fruit in three days or maybe not had a green veggie in three days, although we know we should and we think we are. So when you go back and actually analyze what you've done, you haven't always covered all your bases. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. So going back to, um, you'd made the decision to, to go veggie. Did you go veggie too? And, um, you know, or did that take a little longer? And, and at the time you were struggling with, you know, post, postpartum depression, as you said, and, and then PTSD as, as well. Was that from his diagnosis? How did that come about? Yes. About two years later, two and a half years later, I realized that I was, that, that it wasn't postpartum depression anymore. And it was actually PTSD. And in working with an NLP, a very, a very talented NLP specialist, neurolinguistic programmer, I realized that um, I actually did have PTSD. And we knew that because I reacted and healed the way any war soldier would after going through what they went through. So not to, not to say that my experience was the same as their experience, but the healing process and the way that I reacted and, and the way my body and mind reacted was, was exactly the same. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Sure. So neuro-linguistic programming, um, as, and, and again, that's not my area of expertise, but um, from what I can explain layman's terms is basically we are tapping into our subconscious and reprogramming our subconscious to behave emotionally and physically in a, in, in a healed way, and that we have trauma from our past and we have learned behaviors from our past, whether it be as small as somebody making a comment one day when you were picking up a cookie or falling off the change table and hurting yourself when you were a baby and seeing a dust bunny and then having um, allergies for the rest of your life. Um, these things are all deeply embedded in your subconscious. And we often have conversations with ourselves where we know rationally that everything's okay, but we can't stop that panicking feeling and those thoughts in our head. That's the difference between our subconscious and our conscious mind. So the NLP basically reprograms our conscious mind. And it doesn't have to be actual hypnotism involved. We all know about stage hypnotism. Sometimes there is some hypnotism involved, but in other times, it's just a matter of bringing down the body system. Yeah, that, that's absolutely fascinating. And I do a lot of tapping. I do a lot of mm -hmm, BFP, mm -hmm. emotional freedom tapping. And I do that with a lot of my clients as well. And my friends have learned that when they're scared to get on an airplane or scared about a presentation, that they just call me up and say, hey, Shoshana, do you have 20 minutes for me? Because my NLP specialist taught me how to do that, um, to use it with my, with my own clients as well. So that has been extremely helpful for me in my life. Um, I always notice that the cleaner plant-based I ate the better control I have of my body and my mind. But I was in a state where it had to be so much more than food. It had to be so much more mm -hmm, than sleep, mm -hmm. so much more than exercise. I really did need that help. I had a fear of losing my husband. And even when 
he, even when we knew that the tumor wouldn't get him and the heart disease was gone, I still had that, that fear, not just for myself, but for my children and for him. And it completely overtook my life. And it did not allow me to live any minute of the day properly. And that's when you know, even before that, you got a problem. But that's when you know you have a definite problem. So, so that's how it, how it presented for you. It was kind of like an ongoing anxiety. It was, it was a flip flop between depression and anxiety. Um, anxiety really won, won the battle, I, I would say, in terms of those two. But it was a constant fear. And, and it was anything that would happen that was not perfect was a problem for me. And then it just spiraled into what if, what if, what if, what if. And it would always come back to, you know, if I would let it go that far, it would always come back to losing the ones that I love. So it, it was definitely a huge issue. And of course, um, you know, it's bound to have affected your son too. You said he had eczema. So is the, the entire family was, was feeling the pressure really. Yeah. So what happened was, you know, he, he had eczema and we, re- we learned that most of his eczema was caused through because of his gluten allergy. So when we took out gluten, he must have cleared up around 60 to 70%, but he still had quite a bit left. When Adam went plant-based, it was overnight. It took me about six to eight months to really get on board. I, became, I, I slowly went through the different phases of vegetarianism um, throughout those months and I had even slowlier brought the children along because I really needed to understand that I wasn't doing them a, a greater disservice by making them vegan than I was by feeding them the meat. You um, didn't want to be a bad mom. <laughs> I didn't want to be a bad mom. So I figured let's do what every other mom is doing. Let's do the norm until I can really justify doing it. So that's when the nutrition courses started to come. That's when I really started to make that transition from being a school teacher to being a nutritionist. Um, you know, lifestyle coach, what have you. And as I took away more and more animal products from my son, and in the end took away the eggs and dairy, that's when the eczema became just about non-existent. It peaks out twice a year. It peaks out and the season change. And that's basically it. I was going to ask, that's interesting. So what, what do you think is going on at those times? I think that it's just uh, the immune system's a little bit more compromised. I think that the skin is still having trouble adjusting from a more dry environment to a more moist environment. I think that with the change in, in daylight savings time and all of that, that has a big effect on the body. And we're really, what I've really learned in the last five years, I'd say, is that we are really more affected by our environment than we think we are. And we are very sensitive beings. And unless we are taking the time to check in with ourselves and see what, what these patterns are and when they're happening and, and what to do about them, then we really don't notice. We kind of go on every day feeling the slumps and you know, just saying this is my normal, but we need to realize that we have highs and lows and what really affects them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had enough of those highs and lows in England. That's why I moved to Florida. <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of gloomy down there. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we have a lot of sunshine. <laughs> no, definitely not. And it's it's really interesting what you said about season changes and stuff, Shoshana, because my older son, when he was a baby, whenever there was the time change that you also mentioned, he would sleep more, whether it was, you know, fall back or spring forward. 
and he would, it, it would be really interesting. I mean, about the first year or two of his life. I and still do. Just that little hour. Yeah. It, it's just amazing how that. I change. still do. Yeah. It, it affects me. So we have, we have one coming up and it, yeah, it'll take me, um, you know, three or four days to transition. I was a kindergarten teacher for 15 years before I was in the health business full time. And I can tell you there is a definite pattern. And I saw it every year, twice a year with those little students. Um, they just needed more patience, more playtime, more distractions for that full week of, of that time change. Just that one hour makes a huge difference. But what I've learned over the years in terms of my own family is when they have their highs, when they have their lows, and I have a plethora of tools to deal with that, that does not rely on the pharmaceutical industry, that doesn't rely on toxicity and allows them to, to flourish and, and support their immune system. So how old is your second child now? So my son is 11. He was about one in, he was one in a bit when all of this first started. And my daughter now is nine years old. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a while and your, and your husband is healthy and uh, disease free. He's healthy. He's happy. Um, on his 45th birthday, he wrote a blog saying I'm five years old because he just sees everything after 40 as a gift. Because when you're told that that's it, um, you know, it is definitely a gift. So he's happy. He's healthy. He's performing as an athlete so much better now um, in his 40s than he was in his 30s. Just like, you know, just like Brendan Brazier, who got him on that track, which is, which is wonderful. And we're just so committed to helping other people when they feel as if everything is done, like they have tried everything and there's nothing left. We are trying everything we can to get information through our podcast, through our blog, information out to other people to give them more, more facts, more information, more inspiration to change their lives before they get into a situation that we were in, because it doesn't just affect that one person. It affects the immediate family. It affects the extended family, friends, you name it. There's just so much pain that goes on when you're given prognosis. And if we can avoid those more and more, I mean, that would, that would be great. Heart, heart disease is the number one killer of men and women in North America. We all put on our seatbelts before we get in the car and drive, or for the most part, I hope we do. You know, but but we are more likely to put on our seatbelts before we drive a car than to think about the effects of the hamburger that we're eating from the drive-through window, and that hamburger is going to have more of an impact on your quality and longevity of your life than than a car accident a lot of the times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's funny that you bring that up. I was out of town a couple of weeks ago, and when I got to the hotel or close to the hotel, I was I was starving, and I was like, oh, I'll just stop at McDonald's. I, it's like a once a year thing for me. And I was like, well, I won't have a burger. You know, I don't want to go that bad. <laughs> so, so I had the chicken sandwich. Two hours later, I could barely stay awake. And I, I thought, wow, that's just, you know, the, the impact is just, you know, there's nothing else I can eat really that, you know, that I, that I usually eat that makes me feel that way. So that the, to actually be able to feel how bad the effect was on my body, quite scary. Yeah, it's not so much the meat in that situation as how they prepare it and what they do to it. So I really don't think that there's much of a difference between a, you know a chicken burger and a hamburger. <laughs> I'll that, remember that next that, time. <laughs> the way the way they process it, it's I the think. way yeah, they process yeah. it and what they add to it, and they add additives to make us addicted to it, um, and the salt content. And a lot of the food has been made to be as shelf stable 
as possible. So when you think about all those things, but if you actually dig down deep and do the research comparing chicken and comparing beef, there is not much of a difference. So people give up beef and instead of replacing it with more plant-based options, they replace it with more chicken and they're getting the same amount of cholesterol. They're getting the same amount of fat. They're getting the same amount of nutritional value per pound as they would if they were eating beef. But we don't realize that because when we look at chicken, we think of it as the white meat. We think of it as a healthier meat because it's not as deep in color or because there are very fatty parts um, you know, of, of the cow that, that are available. We don't recognize that we're not we're actually doing ourselves a disservice and that giving up beef is great. You don't have to give up everything. You don't have to give up everything right away, but recognize what you're using to replace it and go for the colors, go for the colors when you're looking to replace it. So yeah, that's a really interesting discussion. The main reason really I chose the chicken was because for the type A diet, I wasn't supposed to be eating the beef. Right. Um, <laughs> but then yes, go, I mean, everyone says go for the colors and I've had to cut a bunch of colors out because I can't eat the, uh, the nightshades. So, um, yeah, so that's disappointing. We can talk about that later. That's <laughs> yeah. a whole podcast. That gets me excited. It is. It is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, Jen, any further questions before we switch into the wrap-up round? I can't think of anything else. No? Okay. All right, Jen, let's switch into the wrap-up round. So, yes, it, it's time to go into our wrap-up questions. So, Shoshana, what is the best piece of life or health advice you've ever received? So I think that I really like, it's, it might be cliche, but I really feel as if the, the quote, choose to be educated before you choose to be medicated is really important. Uh, not to say that there isn't a place for pharmaceutical medication or any other supplements or anything like that, but I think that it's really important that we understand what is causing us to need these things and what can we do to, to take it away. And the other thing that I've really learned, like I said, in the last five years is at the beginning, I thought it was all about fitness and nutrition. And then I realized how we're not always getting the nutrition that we're getting. And there's parts of our body system that we don't understand as a whole. So it's really important to, to understand what it is that you can supplement with and not to be scared of supplements, but to really make sure that you're getting good quality ones that they're um, not coming off the shelf of some big box store and that um, they are being taken for a purpose. What's a daily habit that has helped you reclaim your health? So for me, my daily habit is being grateful every day. Definitely waking up in the morning, being so grateful for my family, grateful for something that's happened, grateful for a friend. And in the last two years, I've introduced a redox signaling molecule into my lifestyle. And that has meant the world to me after suffering with some severe hormonal issues coming off of the PTSD. And that helped me heal when nothing else was helping. So for me, those two things are absolutely a must every single day. That's awesome that you have found something that works for you. And that's one of the things that we talk about here on Reclaim Your Health is you really need to find what works for you. So thank you for that. Now, Shoshana, can you recommend a health resource or an app that you love? Absolutely. I'm going to, of course, besides the Plant Trainers podcast, I would definitely say uh, nutritionfacts.org offers really great videos, short videos and short blogs where Dr. Greger looks at all of the nutritional 
research that's been put out over the year. And he basically puts it into little bite-sized pieces so that you don't have to analyze it, that you can um, trust that he's looking at everything from the cohort to the results and why those happened. And he really makes sense of it all. So he puts all of this science-based nutrition out there for people. And there's an app as well. Um, and that's the Daily Dozen. And it's 12 things that you need to make sure that you're getting into your diet and lifestyle every single day. Um, for me, that is definitely something that I recommend to all of my clients to use as a resource. Very cool. We'll add those links. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and your insights. If you could give our listeners one final piece of advice, what would it be? So I heard a story most recently about Bruce Lee and people would come to him all the time for him, for him to train them, for them to become amazing martial artists like him. And he basically, and, and I might be getting it wrong, but here's the basic, here's the basic understanding of it. There's two glasses. There's a murky glass and there's a clear glass. And the murky glass is everything that we already know. And the clear glass is unique and doesn't have any substance to it and is something unfamiliar to us. And if you are not willing to give up the murky glass completely to accept the clear glass, then you can't study with him. And I think it's really important that we don't accept everything that we've learned in our years in terms of health and in terms of nutrition. And we actually stop being biased towards what we already know and start being new, new and accepting of other things out there. If people didn't accept the light bulb, if people didn't accept the telephone, where would we be today? Uh, so I think the same goes for health. I, I totally agree with that. Where would we be with any kind of technology? You know, what we're doing right now, doing this podcast, if we just shut our minds and said, oh, well, you know, I, I know better and I'm not going to learn about that. So that, that's such a great point. Now, what is the best way to contact you? And if you have a free gift or any kind of gift, that would be great. Of course. So uh, if people want to contact me, they can, I'm very sociable on, on Facebook. So they can find me Shoshana Chaim on Facebook. Also at Plant Trainers on Facebook. We're very busy on Instagram as well. And we do have the Plant Trainers podcast that you could find on any plat podcasting platform as well as planttrainers.com. And I would like to give a free gift to your listeners, if they would like to learn more about my story, or maybe even discuss a little bit about how I might be able to help them with their health, then they can send an email to Shoshana at plant trainers. There's two T's in there, planttrainers.com. And just let me know that they found me here on reclaim your health. And I'll be happy to do that. And I do have um, a digestion lead that I'm happy to give with you that they can download and find out more about gut health and how a plant-based diet can help with that. Thank you so much, Shoshana Chaim, for being with us today. We really have appreciated your expertise and your wisdom. And as always, to our listeners, we are holding the space for you to reclaim your health. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Reclaim Your Health. Listen in to our past shows at reclaimyourhealth.us and connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash reclaimyourhealthpodcast. Want to learn more? Download our simple steps to essential self-care at reclaimyourhealth.us slash free gifts.